This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू द टू एपिसोड ऑफ द हफ्ता टुडे ऑन द पैनल वी हैव टू गेस्ट्स लेट मी इंट्रोड्यूस द गेस्ट्स फर्स्ट वी हैव वृंदा गोपीनाथ हु अदर देन राइटिंग फॉर अस इज एन इंडिपेंडेंट जर्नलिस्ट शी इज वर्क द पायनियर द एक्सप्रेस मेल टुडे शीज फॉर स्क्रोल आउटलुक एंड द वायर एज वेल शी रिपोर्टेड फ्रॉम उत्तर प्रदेश फॉर अस जर्निंग जनरल इलेक्शन एंड राइट रेगुलर कॉलम्स हाई वृंदा हाई Pleasure having you at on the hafta, and we have joining us on the phone line Nitin Sethi, whose reports, his series have created a ripple, which we hope will become a tsunami. Hi, Nitin. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me on board. Nitin is a journalist out of Delhi. He was till recently working with Business Standard as a senior associate editor. He's worked as deputy editor at Scroll and senior assistant editor at both Hindu and Times of India. He writes on governance, political economy, and He has a deep focus on development, natural resources, energy, and the environment. And like I said, he's done that five-part series on electoral bonds. Um, we shall talk to him. Also, we have our own in-house team of Meghnath. Hello. And Manisha Pandey. Hello. And I am Abhinandan Sekri. Okay, Manisha is becoming very dramatic in her hellos. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's go over the headlines. But before we do that, well, pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. News Laundry does have other podcasts other than the Hafta. We have Awful and Awesome. We have reporters out orders. Do check those out. But more importantly, check out our website and see all the reports we do. Ground reports that are the bedrock of journalism and are increasingly becoming rarer and rarer. We need you to support independent journalism so more ground reports are made possible. Because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. We also have two NL Sena projects. One is of who owns your media, and the second one is to be done out of Telangana, where forty-eight thousand TR TSRTC employees went on strike and were fired by the uh, KCR uh, within two days, I think. And there are lots of stories there: human stories, governance stories, and this entire project will co- cost about. Two lakh twenty thousand. We have raised fifty thousand so far. We'll be sending a crack reporter, Pratik Goyal, from Maharashtra to Telangana to report on this. So many of you tell us we don't do enough reports from the south. Well, here we want to, and it's expensive. We hope you'll chip in, go to the NL Sena project, and please. Contribute to the NLC. Ah, uh, one thing about this project I wanted to add is that it's a live project. So this is usually we do stories which are a little far back, but right now as we speak, forty-seven days have gone by when they have been in protest, the fired right, employees. Right. And this is a live story, so, so it's emerging so as we speak. Yeah, it's like we have to be really fast about this. And uh, the listeners, please, if you are listening to this, please do contribute because we want to. We are sending. Pratik immediately next yeah. week. So this is a live project. So please keep please, that in mind. Please stop it up. Yeah. So yeah. now, what do we have? What happened, Meghna? Then Manisha, what what made the news this week? JNU was in news. Uh, JNU students have actually been protesting for three straight weeks now against a draft hostel manual, which has revised hostel fee dress codes and curfew timings. But things. went out of hands this week when students stepped out of the campus and they went uh, protesting on sansad marg they were lathi ta- charged by the police that was getting beaten up a few weeks ago by the lawyers so now they are beating up people and interestingly students wore uh, 
dressed up as lawyers the next day to intimidate <laughs> intimidate <laughs> the Delhi police fun. that was fun but yeah it was it was very uh, one of the students was uh, visually impaired he was picked up and he was saying that you know uh, i'm blind and all and the police was hitting him and saying ki andhe ho to yahan protest karne kyun aaye and all that they didn't say wo to kanoon bhi hota hai oh my god <laughs> they didn't say that okay <laughs> Uh, the protests also made uh, news in parliament uh, opposition stormed the well and created quite a ruckus and uh, of course all the bjp guys said ye politically we motivated hai these are urban naxals and we must not pay attention to them as of now uh, uh, with the fee hike i think uh, the administration is coming up with a formula uh, to uh, so that it doesn't affect the margin, uh, the students from poor backgrounds but it will still be 12000 rupees more Right. even for people who are from economically marginal backgrounds in fact yeah we'll go into the details of that then there was electoral bond story yeah. so we have some uh, stories on electoral bonds electoral bonds because nitin has done a wonderful series for news laundry hindi which is a five part series the fifth part was put out today uh, we are also well, looking at the sixth part going out actually sixth part is going out, which is a surprise which for is us. a surprise for surprise, us surprise guys uh-huh. <laughs> more to come but uh, what nitin has exposed is a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, you know corruption i would say in, in in the electoral bond scheme which was introduced in 2017 so there are uh, there is very little media coverage about it to be fair but i'm just reading out some headlines uh, bjp government busy fi- filling pockets with black money overruled rbi congress raises questions on electoral bonds this is because congress did a press conference uh, on on the issue where uh, journalists questions were answered we will talk about that and how the bjp also did a press conference and that that was no questions were asked atmosphere hmm. uh, then uh, this was in india today the congress with uh, 500 crore in electoral bonds says it opposes electoral bonds but that, that is our story but <laughs> that, 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 that don't want to tell us where their 500 crore came from so. Right. so this is a story that ayush did for us where he went to the press conference uh, <laughs> which the congress was doing and he asked them uh, are you against the electoral bonds uh, you have taken 5 crore and they corrected him and said no actually you have taken 500 crore <laughs> so <laughs> so that story is on newslaundry.com please do read it it's a interesting and fun story and i have i think manisha has a bunch to say about that um, then there is the session in parliament uh, yeah the, there is the session in parliament which is uh, winter session has started on monday so uh, the first day both houses were adjourned so we can talk about that uh, there is um, there are a few questions that were asked and there was a discussion on air pollution and there was also a discussion on electoral bonds not a discussion but manish tiwari raised it so that is also something that happened well what happens in parliament these days are more non discussions and discussions meanwhile yeah, i would say and, that and the, <laughs> the debate on air pollution at least i saw just empty benches i didn't yeah, see anyone yeah, 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 yeah. all non discussions then uh, and one more thing was gautam gambhir has finally attended the meeting of air pollution in delhi we kind of did a lot of stories on him last after week after eating jalebi right. so uh, kashmir is on news again uh, as soon as mr amit shah said everything is normal in parliament kashmir is locked down yet again the internet curb in kashmir will lifted at appropriate time says amit shah this is the equivalent of your comp- the competent authority will look at it which means no one knows anything uh, 765 people arrested for pelting stones since a special status was revoked says the center also i read in today's paper actually the youngest to be um, arrested for um, rioting in hong kong is 12 years old oh. so china and mr shah has lot in have more in common so well 
considering the right of center government resembles the communist government more than anybody else mm-hmm. is telling the air pollution and water pollution both were in the news this week mm-hmm. uh, we'll discuss it in a little more detail but i'll just give you the general sense uh, whilst the fires in punjab and haryana went down they've gone up again yesterday things are in the 300 400 range they haven't reached the 700 range yet thank god uh, but to do with this gautam gambhir skipped a meeting mr javdekar refused to answer questions uh, meanwhile there was a water um, purity issue as well so ramvilas paswan who is the minister for uh, food and consumer affairs and public distribution his ministry cited a report saying that delhi water is very polluted and is unfit for drinking the amadi party government said that this is a fake report and we have a couple of reports on this in fact the exclusives which you can read to see the conflict of interest the subcommittee that has been made by the government of india uh, has people from kent water purifier kyunki kent he sabse pure hai this hafta is not sponsored by them all the water purifier product manufacturers they have people on that committee so you can imagine there's absolutely no conflict of interest and your interests are being served just like advertising funded news serves your interest similarly a committee that has the water purification product owners sitting on them are serving your interest obviously and other than that there was leonardo dicaprio also raised concern on delhi's air pollution maine kaha chalo theek hai and finally pragya thakur is nominated to the parliamentary committee on yes. uh, parliamentary panel on defense that has yeah. shocked many people and mr modi had said once that i will never forget pragya for her good and cinema i am actually one of those who is not shocked i mean mm. not just because of her credentials but just because That's she's an mp she's a part of the and the yeah. other anyway. three controversial things that happened were one is a professor in banaras hindu university who's teaching a course which is um a sanskrit course but has to do with i don't know i think it's more professor than just sanskrit professor khan uh, a whole bunch of students say we will not let a muslim teach us this and so some faculty is backing mr feroz khan professor feroz khan there are many people who are saying that no he should not be allowed to teach a muslim a course i guess someone should i tell, think we should discuss this. someone should tell gulzar stop writing in urdu bro Yeah, uh, because Gulzar even when he writes Hindustani, he writes in Urdu because that's the medium he yeah. studied in. Surprisingly, that's what Parish Rawal, the BJP MP, said. What? That uh, you know, how can Noshad be uh, writing bhajans and Mohammad Rafi sing it? So, so that was quite surprising coming from a BJP MP. Oh, so he was saying that this guy should be allowed to teach. Yeah, I yeah. think Parish Rawal is growing the brain slowly, slowly. <laughs> and Sabri Mala. No, but this is something so basic. I mean. Uh, I'm surprised that there are people still supporting it, and anchors doing a balancing act of like. This monkey balancing is, I think, the biggest problem. In I mean, fact, today my recommendation is um, to do with that also. And then Sabri Mala, the Supreme Court, while it has referred it to a larger bench, was a split. Technically, the earlier order that all women should be allowed should still stand, but a 12-year-old girl was stopped from entering the table by the by the Kerala police. so clearly that majoritarian streak is infected everything mamta banerji and asaduddin owasi got into a bit of a jhagda where uh, she spoke about minority extremism and he says he's going to contest there and of course now both these are regional players not big news but because times now said chalo ye dono lad rahe hain ab we'll use them to trash the whole muslim community yeah. and they had the usual suspects talking about this i was amazed at you looked at the prime time <coughs> yes. right like oh and news on prime time is back guys 
Check out Newsline yes. Prime Time. We're going to be doing it once a week on Tuesday, so you can just follow our Twitter timeline and see what's happening on Prime Time on all the channels. So you don't have to subject yourself to that because we will put ourselves between you and harm's way. <laughs> and the National Registry for Citizens is going to be hmm. a all nationwide India. thing. But, I mean, he has indicated that, Mr. He Shah. He said that in Parliament. Yeah. It's yeah. not an indication. He's just saying it. I think that's going to be the new big thing before the elections. Yeah. Because, you know, it's going to create this whole country-wide uproar. I think that's what they're building up towards. Uh. Yeah, it's. Mm. Uh, but I print has done a piece on this. But first, let's talk about the electoral bonds. Mm. Meghna, why don't you just set the context before we pull Nitin into the conversation? Okay, so what is going on is that there is this instrument called electoral bonds, right? You guys have all heard about it, I hope. <laughs> but uh, what electoral bonds are, are anonymous ways to donate to political parties. How it works is you buy a bond from SBI, you give it to any party, and then the party redeems it. So it's like an account transfer, just that there's this layer of bonds being added, which is like a special currency for political parties. And Nitin will actually elaborate on why. Commodore Lokesh Batra uh, spent, I think, an year accumulating documents on RTI of all the communications between RBI, EC, uh, Finance Ministry, PMO, and the trail that has emerged from when the scheme was being implemented. So Nitin's story basically is pointing out like a multitude of flaws. And lies that the government and actually the, lies the government. So, uh, Nitin, f- before you get into the, um, uh, the the explaining us its significance, its importance, how long did it take you to do this report? Uh, and if you could include how long it took for the RTIs to come uh, and whatever you can make public do and whatever is you think is journalistically should be private, you can keep classified. Because we can't kill all the people who listen to this. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, From what I understand, Commodore Lokesh Patra has been at it since May 2017 itself. Uh, so it's been more than two years of his hard labor of getting documents. Uh, from what he told us, most of the government bodies were friendly, comfortable in providing after a while. But there have been some departments, and particularly in the Ministry of Finance, which have just sat down, locked down on their files and will not share it with him. Despite that, I think the persistence, he got these documents at the end of roughly two years of labor. He handed it over to us to start looking at them. Uh, roughly, I would say, in terms of real working days, we spent about two months browsing through what's more than 900 pages uh, from different ministries, stitching them together, understanding what really happened because... Government notings are not, uh, how would I say, I'm able to actually simple reading. Right. Complex gobbledygook written in bureaucracies to understand what it really is, means, besides what they say. It took us about two months and then another month of collaborating with Huffington Post leading, news, news laundry leading in Hindi. It took us another 10 days, I think, to just start writing, editing and putting it together and we're still doing it as we speak today. So you're doing one more part even as these five yes, have been done? Yes, we thought considering the, uh, the government has had absolutely nothing to say, either to agree, disagree or anything with the series, uh, we thought we should provide more. And uh, we will eventually put all the data in public domain because it belongs to the public, it's not ours, it's under RTI. And we let everyone take a look at it. I think sunshine only helps the truth come out. Yes, and we need more sunshine law. So first of all, thanks so much. This is a very painstakingly thorough investigation you've done. Um, Thank you. 
and uh, for our listeners just to get an idea you know i've heard a lot of people casually talk about what journalism is and what journalism entails uh, i think there's a good uh, time for me before we continue with some other questions that the panel may have for nitin that that's you know we're talking about not counting the rtis that took 2 years to get you know someone like nitin to go over all those documents 900 pages make sense of it you know make some sort of an architecture that this is what happened figure out what the stories are i mean you're doing you know an auditor's job a journalist's job a lawyer's job and if you think this is cheap then you deserve cheap journalism uh, <laughs> you know i i agree on both counts and i would say more uh, you know even unfortunately uh, in the last few years even in this government getting rtis is not such a simple job right uh, it should have been that was the purpose and that was the intent of the law but even finding what kind of rtis to file where to get you need to develop sources unfortunately today we even be able to dig through using rti we should have made everything very easy to top it once you get into the journalistic exercise of scrutinizing these papers it's a very tedious job it's a rather boring job because there's no great excitement to sitting with hundreds of pages pouring over them connecting the dots and it does require a lot of effort and i think the only reason it's been possible this time is because so many of us collaborated yeah what the resources that were required and we do need immense resources for reportage as compared to curation and other forms of journalism which are important but this is the base the bedrock on which journalism is formed when you bring out new information is when you allow citizens to form better opinions right and and and, and the, the sorry the collaboration has to be more than just let's say a half for news laundry and aramugam i don't know how to pronounce that it's aramugam right and and no either the collaboration um, has to the in- collaboration is intellectual as well as resources it's also different institutions and individuals bringing their capacities and capabilities together and, um and the audience in india there's a tradition of uh, at least in the legacy media of not helping each other promoting yes. each other's work and i think that needs to change also because we've seen in the last few days itself how long has taken the legacy institutions to actually respond to yes. something everyone else was talking about exactly and this is where you the listener comes in the consumer of news Uh, surely if you can you know spend 300 to 800 rupees on on a packet of cigarettes uh, you know 1000 rupees on an outing a few hundred rupees to support good journalism is not asking for much but what it does to impact your life is immensely significant you may not see it in real time in real terms so unless you the listener and the news consumer pays to keep news free uh, then you can leave it to the ads of those of you who hate kejriwal that full page ad is what is paying for journalism those of you who hate modi that full page mugshot of his beautiful beard is what is paying for that or yogi adityanath's uh, you know the photo shoot must have required a lot amount of dulling of the backlight because otherwise it'll <laughs> bounce off his head that's true i mean I, i'm telling you as a, as, 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 as a, a not bald person uh, no, as a director <laughs> whenever i used to had to shoot people who had a shiny you know this thing it was hard to shoot because or you're wearing specs because the light would reflect all i'm saying is i digress those mug shots will be paying for your journalism if you don't want those mug shots to pay for your journalism or you know a product like we'll be discussing the reverse osmosis purifiers who are not only advertising but are also deciding what is pure yeah. for us or not so do pay to keep news free because unless the public pays the public is not served it's advertiser who served now uh, abhinandan if i may actually add uh, i mean it's so beautiful that 
exactly what we talk about journalism if you pay for journalism journalism will respond to your requirements and desires and expectations similarly for politics this is why electoral bond is such a big issue because if citizens if you want politics to be responsible to citizens then you cannot have corporates paying for politics right. you need to have transparency you have to have their answerability to citizens okay now tell me when you did this story a uh what were, what was the responses that you got from the sarkar i'm sure you asked them some questions and stuff as well and b why did the commodore choose you i'm very hurt because he knows me also he ignored me <laughs> uh, um so we sent detailed questions to the two parties which were involved and implicated which is one is the finance ministry two is the pmo we have not so far got any response from the prime minister's office uh, from the finance ministry we got to detail question instead two paragraphs one and they are incorporated in the stories one where they say um everything that was done was done for public good and after great thought two that is slightly busy preparing the budget right now so we'll come back to you later with our thoughts on it and we need to think about it nice uh, can i ask you nitin no, about um, the second part of the question oh, yeah, why, sorry, did, sorry. why did the commodore come to you um so this is what the commodore says i think it was also just fortitude but commodore was very generous and he said i heard you one day talk about in a meeting of how it took you a month and a half to do a story which was i think we uh, i leaked out the whatsapp messages sent from ministry to across the country saying don't spend money on manrega we don't have any and so he apparently in some meeting heard that and reminisced about his friends talking of how good journalism took effort and money and he was saying most of the time I end up giving stuff I also have to make press releases for what those papers contain I thought you might actually want to you are somebody who will read them and uh, prepare things on your own understand on your own and I'll help you but you need to I needed somebody who can actually shift through 900 pages with patience and months he was very generous that he just handed it over and said you know best when it will really make sense and when you got a logic of what was done in your head and you're the best judge of it so i think it just um hmm. it's good fortunately was that some meeting that good good he chose <laughs> well i guess it's a matter of trust between a source a whistleblower that he the other thing he said was i remember that every story you've done every any story you've got you made sure it happens whether you have to lose your job for it or not hmm. and he said i remember that you lost your job twice and for doing your stories and that to him gave some confidence about why he can share it with me though he must i must say he acknowledged that through his period of uh, transparency activism several journalists had done splendid job worked really hard with him he's appreciated several of them saying i is unfortunate that i had to choose one of them but he said many others do it no exist, yeah he chose well no. not trust that the institutions exist to help them yeah good. no but i think i mean you did a fantastic job very thorough great job hmm. um i have i have a question for you nitin uh, so you so these rtis were filed over a period of 2 years and then mm-hmm. uh, the finance ministry when did you send them a questionnaire for the response if i may ask like if if an estimated timeline so uh i think first we shifted through the rtis that took us about 2 months then we knew what uh, information we had which was uh, implicating someone or making a putting someone on a spot and we gave the finance ministry 2 weeks 
before we began publishing so two weeks from now is reminders to respond to it two weeks from now means november beginning and it's really funny that they said that they're preparing for the budget because i know this for a fact they don't start till december right (laughs) (laughs) and uh, this is sharpening the pencils yeah (laughs) and it's really weird how uh Two weeks of responses. I mean, that I get, but essentially, what these RTIs were were questions to the finance sure, ministry, exactly, right? Which, yeah. So, I mean, they have technically given a response. What uh, Nitin also tried to do was get more responses from them based on the responses they have already given. Which they don't give. But why? Uh, but, but this has been taken up by. So I saw Rahul Kamal took it up in his show. Uh, I saw. Uh, I think Aman was on that show, right? Aman Sethi, the editor yeah. of Havpo. I know NDTV uh, reporter Rajdeep took this up in his show uh, NDTV took this up in their show and did uh, a network 18 I, there was one more channel which I was quite surprised or ABP there was one channel that I was a little surprised took it up or maybe not as a full art debate but as a report but uh, yeah just want to go around the panel uh, anyone else who you think uh, we've missed who took it up and why do you think this hasn't been taken up because it's huge I mean this pretty much implicates the government for lying to the parliament, for lying to ministries, and will the state to the election commission, do you think the election commission will act, or will they send a show cause notice or something? So, uh, I mean, for me, what was amazing when uh, Minister Piyush Cohen held a press conference yesterday reacting to the furor in the parliament, one, he had nothing to say to the stories, either denying, agreeing, or abusing the story. Two, he said... Somebody asked him, and uh, not too many questions were asked typically of the minister, but somebody asked, so what is about, what is it about the opposition of the election commission? And he said in a passing thing, oh, but now the election commission has changed. And to me, that was very revealing. The right. fact is that, hmm. I mean, again, something we not talked about in the story, the election commission, after sending the first round of um, queries and problems, raising problems with it, once the election commission changed, even they did not really follow it up internally. Um, I know for a fact that finally when they did put an affidavit in the court uh, restating their position, it did not come with ease for them. Uh, they were struggling to and they were desiring to dilute it now. Uh, but thanks to, again, Commodore's uh, papers in public domain, they were they found it difficult to move away from the position they had taken. Right. So, Vrinda, uh, uh, you have any questions for Nitin before we let him go and thank him for his work? Well, uh, the thing I want to ask him, weren't you, uh, were you uh, surprised that or happy that the speaker did not uh, switch the mic off when uh, the Congress, Congress's Manish Tiwari was bringing up the electoral bonds? Uh, that's a good sign, isn't it? In the sense that uh, at least they're reacting even this way. Well, you know, frankly, at this stage, I find it um, funny of how different institutions have reacted to it. So say, Sorry, to go back to the conversation about how televisions, uh, studios have actually, some of them at least, have picked up the issue. One would think that usually uh, the stereotype is that it's the print media that still does a little more journalism than television. But we found this time around, it was the print which were lagard. They just sat on yeah. their haunches for three days and never talked about it as far as they could. I think finally their readers have shamed them into writing something. The TV studios actually, I mean, they didn't do reportage, but at least they discussed these issues with gusto and uh, diligence, at least most of them. And I find that fascinating. Again, the politics is, uh, is again, uh, odd to me. You would think this would have spurred up the opposition on the first day itself. Um, It still took them three days to, you know, 
her up and do things that an opposition should do on an issue so important i think um it's even worse of how the government reacted if if nothing else i would say the government if it feels aggrieved with what we have written should come out with complete black and white statement saying this is wrong this is right that's the good way to address journalism it's not to bypass it and create a false narrative saying electoral bonds is fantastic the reason we get good money is because we are a good party so we get all the electoral bonds and that's creating mm-hmm. a hyperbole which does not actually respond to what is being conversed about and that is sadder and that that gets accepted without journalists questioning it writing it point blank without stating the facts just regurgitating the government's position like you said are the journalists also asking the right questions or are they also deflecting most journalists have kept quiet and this is not just for this issue we know that uh, because i heard you tick off somebody to ask questions of government details because the editors don't like it when they ask it's not individual journalists i blame the publications and the owner sure. of the publication the editor you get punished for asking questions in a press conference at times unfortunately uh, i know on personal level so many journalists have reached out to us and said such fantastic jobs and several of them said unfortunately our newsrooms are not taking it up and it's very sad uh, so many journalists senior and junior have come out in in such solidarity but on a personal platform because they find their own newsrooms are not doing what should be done Yeah and I think for me uh, I'm actually more disappointed with newspapers because yeah, it, it's such a big I story think. and uh, one I think is this old fashioned view that okay because Huffington Post broke it or it was on news laundry and all so we will not you know touch a story that came out on you know websites it it could be that thinking which is so you're just making yourself outdated you know so that yeah, yeah you you're making yourself irrelevant I think and something like this where there's a pmo there there's rbi election commission pmo governing party involved i mean even if you don't want to say you don't have in such a story you don't have the documents to follow it up with another set of stories what stops you from doing a simple explainer also yeah. i think even that's useful for you know readers to read to you know if i'm if i'm an indian express reader or if i'm a hindustan times reader it'll be very it'll be very useful for the reader to know that this story has come out these are the implications Manisha, these are the questions that the need UK to be asked one paper broke the story i used to be in large parts of it i was in the times of india when one paper broke a story the other did follow it up even if they didn't play it up as importantly as they should have but they would exactly commonwealth the commonwealth uh, again it required yeah. they couldn't get a follow up yeah. but i don't think the problem is of you know habit it's just that editors find various excuses not to do things like somebody came to me and said oh but you know is this um really a uh, investigative story is it an rti story i said you know you call it whatever if you want to just publish it publish it i'll even give you the documents and then the person vanished so you know how silly because rti investigation is the most bankable of all investigations because exactly. it's really you like, have to doubt the document <laughs> yeah this is the government yeah this readers shaming uh, newspapers is interesting because you know who else was shamed on this Shekhar Gupta really? <laughs> because so many people asked him why aren't you doing a cut the clutter on But electoral bond he did one yesterday okay. so after like a lot of people asked him about it because print was not covering this so it's like this 
old mindset that you're talking about i think that is there is in the like a few digital organizations but i think i do think it was if it was the upa era or if it if this story also implicated congress republic times now they would all reach the congress headquarters yeah. they would be outside manmohan singh's door saying jawab do jawab do it's also a lot to but do but you should go and did a conference on this uh, nitin did you get a chance to look at it yeah i, I think he just live and i saw what happened on television right uh, and also like did you notice the difference between the congress press conference and the piyush goel press conference because in the congress a they had rajiv gauda who is a relatively unknown person hmm. and uh, they were taking questions very openly right but with the bjp thing i uh, i spoke to a few people i know and invitations obviously go out selectively to like very uh, yeah. hmm. and the questions were just non existent there Mm. like the questions so, that's i mean rajiv gaura for congress is a perfect candidate he is not on electoral reform and i know that they are fighting something on it long term which goes even beyond the party uh to yes you are very right the fact and this is not just for this story the fact is um, journalists are scared of asking questions because editors get called saying your journalist was being rather churlish in asking your questions yeah when well. editors come down on journalists being behave yourself You had Prakash Javadekar recently tell a Times Now reporter say, "Main Navika ko janta hu." Ha, main baat karunga. You know, like, yeah, he, it was almost like behave yourself. I know your boss, and I'll tell her that you've, you know. Nitin, I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you break this down for people? Because after all, electoral bonds, it all just sounds very technical and big. Would you say that it needs to be broken down to take it to the people to see that there is? a huge corruption going do you think it's that's why actually megna has done an explainer on this in constitution right in that I, i did a separate video oh, a separate video so you uh, i think we've done a constitution on this and okay. uh, a video on this but yeah there was an explainer on this actually even i think um Mint or Quint did it. Quint, Quint did also it. had explainers. Uh, I think a bunch of them. Actually, Hindu, Hindu also did an explainer. explainer. What is an actor? How it works? So because there's a bit early, but I think uh, those need to be revisited now hmm. because now this story is hmm. big. So it's a good time to actually re-up those uh, earlier because reports. people to know that there is corruption going on. I think right. it suddenly looks hmm. as if it's like a financial thing hmm, rather sure. than this like corruption. And right. uh, also, I think you know uh, one thing that you bring up is very important here. The complexity of this is has to be noted, right? because this one story that Nitin did involves again the RBI the election commission yeah. the governing party yeah there's so many so th- so many institutions saying so many things about an instrument which is relatively unknown and what is going on and on top of it you have to explain political funding to people yeah in fact i remember um, uh, he w- he was uh, used to be the RTI special in india today um he did that story of uh, in the upa time which minister spent how much on travel yeah Uh, he was the one who done the planning commission spent thirty lakh on the loo where the cartoon was Montex sitting on a golden pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've forgotten his name. He's won a bunch of awards also for RTI related stories. In that also the amount of different ministries you have to file RTI is with and different answers come from different places and you got to go over that. But anyway, Nitin, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for sparing the time. Thank you for the story. And uh, to the listeners, uh, we hope you will support independent journalism. We plan to do something big with Nitin going forward. so you know something that may take a month or two so it should be rewarded accordingly so listeners we will count on you on that thanks nitin thank you for having me on board and thank you for doing this with all of us it's been really useful to have it in hindi and with your labor and intensity with which you guys have put it out there thanks so much nitin thanks a pleasure nitin. Okay, before we move on to, uh, I think you guys wanted to discuss the Pragya Thakur thing, right? Right. So, so I have this. nothing much to say. No, about but I just have one. I short know, but I, before point that, I had 
a couple of emails. Letter. This is from Jim Mahajan. This is on the fee hike in JNU. Jim's letter is over 600 words. So Jim, I won't read the whole thing. DNL team, I'm Jim, an engineer who's pursuing his master's along with an internship at a company, which he doesn't want to tell us much about. Um, and do much more than review dating apps for science. <laughs> I'm one of the endangered species who enjoy the benefits of stipend from the government by cracking gate. I became a subscriber right after I received my very first. I mentioned it in my first mail, Abhinandan, sir. Dude, don't call me sir. You assumed I had a job or something. So basically, he's You can call him sir, Abhinandan. So, um, he's being paid for his academic pursuit and he subscribed to us. So, technically, we are a beneficiary of that money. I wouldn't have ever thought of applying for masters if I hadn't cracked gate. I'm not an IITian, but I still but still having a better education than most colleges. I read the article about fee hikes on IITs and it really touched me for a reason. There was a classmate of mine who cracked gate this year too and left his master's in my university and got admitted in IIT. IITs are chosen by engineers across fields just to get hands on the established tech setup with good recruitment. This was just context. I was in a class of 12, which was reduced to 10. One left for an IIT and the others got an engineer post in water department. It was a government job. Now in a class of 10, just six of us have cracked the gate. Others just got a positive score, good enough to get admitted in the college for masters, but not get stipend benefits. I couldn't join if I didn't crack the exam. I was giving the exam for three straight years to finally get a good score. But this year, just one or two of my juniors cracked that and made it through. The argument I was trying to make is that the committee who framed the students as the ones who are enjoying the benefits consider their masters as a resting base. Well, they are not completely wrong. The resting base is not for us to rest but to build up more skill sets. What I've got now is more than what I had before. And getting exposed to opportunities. This year I did a job for a month just to gain knowledge. I agree that not all of us are doing this for the same reason. Uh, some are doing it. He says one of his batchmen is doing it for a better marriage proposal. <laughs> uh, I'm telling this to show the psyche of the person pursuing a master's. Well, not all, but some. That aside, if the government stops the stipend of students, there is sure going to be a backlash. The number of students admitted will be negligible. So, uh, I, I get what you're saying. So, he says, see the Samarth Udyog 4.0 industrial revolution, given so much importance, given the site. GUI is shit. Is shit. Well, what is GUI? I'm not sure. But he's saying there is so much more rage-filled rant, but I guess that's true for any other education. So, staying mad because the only way to be yours. Graphical user interface. Another <laughs> graphical user interface, I see. He means, I think he means that the website, the website is bad, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he also, I was about to submit a report on a tech topic and I've got zero papers from India on that particular topic. Because I get what you're saying. I hear you, Jim. People take masters for different reasons. They may not be directly wanting to pursue that, but that is a great knowledge ground to create better prospects. And I think that is a good enough reason too. So, thank you for your subscription. Thank you for having limited resources and still, you know, subscribing to News Laundry. Now, I leave the floor to you, Meghnad and, and uh, Vrinda and Manisha. Tell us about... So, a lot of people... What is this been, committee? Yeah, okay. So, it's a standing committee on defense, right? So, uh, for more context on what is committees, go, go watch Constitution episode 4 uh, from season 1. Uh, but I've also written about it, so you can read about it. But what essentially commu committees are, they're mini-parliaments. Uh, they have representation from each party, um, a proportional representation from each party. Now, the thing is that every MP in the parliament is a part of one committee or the other. Now, Pragya Thakur has been, is, is now a part of the defense committee. Now, people have been outraging you, oh, usko committee mein dal diya, etc. But then what, what would you like her to be in? Like, because every MP has to be in a committee. Oh, it's compulsory. Yeah. Every MP is in a committee. So, which, which committee would you be happy with? Women and child. 
uh, home ministry is, no is there a whatever uh, no is there a like for religious practices satsang ministry <laughs> no, there, no no i'm home generally ministry? asking i mean home ministry is the one that handles religious affairs i mean you can no, she, she can go to animal husbandry or yeah she, she could can, be animal husband she loves cows or she could go to uh, ayurveda ayush but will you be happy with that well i mean <laughs> but not in defense i don't she's she's wanted in like not wanted but she's the trial which is not closed yet yeah is yeah. for a case of in a terror case, in a terror case. I, but I, the fact that, that she's I in parliament that. itself yeah hmm. is you know the bjp is already committed that with sure. that you know that uh, that not mistake but they've already yeah you know they've already crossed that after that it doesn't matter whether she even becomes prime minister you know what i'm trying to say that you've already got her into the electoral system exactly my exactly my point that she's already in the parliament now right any committee that she goes to she's supposed to contribute as an mp now if she's in the defense committee whatever her background is etc the voters didn't care about she's in parliament now she has a privileged protection that she cannot be arrested without informing the parliament etc etc and i think the bjp now, takes pleasure in this now yeah. in doing this by giving her a ticket by appointing her i mean yeah. they're doing this constantly right. Right. to kind of get you know to whip up this outrage right. and i don't know whether outraging is the right thing now whether this deserves that much mm. outrage also because this was a natural course of action that was supposed to happen i guess no but yeah, how does it work a... yeah how should it work well i i think after what she said about godse and bapu was after she had become a mp it wasn't before yeah. the condemnation by the prime minister was also after hmm. um in which he said he'll never forgive her for that after that to be put in such an important committee, committee i think shows that and you know i have a lot of uh, not lots i used to have lots but they are becoming fewer and fewer which i'm happy to see that means people do change their minds but i still have some um, hardcore uh, defenders of uh, you know pm modi uh, who say that there is no religious or cultural agenda his is an economic agenda because they are not religious people i mean they are uh, but I, i think what happens once you dig your heels in you don't want to say shit i was wrong hmm. so many people <laughs> have started saying okay fine what he says is insincere what he's doing is business as usual as far as the religious or the cultural agenda is concerned i think this proves what he said is insincere hmm. what he said about her and the committee she's right. on is at end so i th- i think if you are going to believe what this prime minister says on his commitment to secularism or law and order then you might as well believe nirav modi that he's come back and give us back our money right so one of the things that maybe you know also something <laughs> that actually deserves outrage is something like rajiv chandrashekar becoming a part of the defense yeah. committee because there is genuine conflict yes. of interest yeah, there yeah. right but uh, uh, vijay malia was part of the committee on civil, civil aviation civil aviation exactly so i, like, I think that is in fact that is a rule here. all through yeah yeah matlab aap aap kya karte ji main ink banata hu acha you become the committee on buying ink for parliament right right <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's yeah that's a problem so anyway so that was one thing uh, the the other big news was jnu yeah Manisha, why don't you just lay the context, and then I'm sure all of us have lots to say about yeah. JNU. And we will start with our guest. So the context is just that students have been protesting in JNU for about three weeks, and their main uh, these are basically a set of new rules that are being introduced. One of them pertains to hostel fee, which would uh, actually, after if you implement the um, uh, latest uh, fee that the administration wants to implement on hostels. JNU would become one of the most expensive hostels uh, across India. Uh, universities like Delhi University, Vishwabharati, BHU will all be cheaper. 
and it's um, 40% of students in JNU actually come from impoverished backgrounds. Some of them have a monthly income of 12,000 rupees, their families. So they obviously um, cannot afford the sort of increase this would mean. It's almost a... Uh, it's almost like a 40-50% increase on mm. the room rents and uh, so there's so the students have been you know in a continued battle with the administration on the rollback of the fee then the administration said okay we'll roll it back for people who are from uh, BPL families they mm. haven't defined yet who mm. will be BPL family mm. but even for those families the yearly expenditure will go up to about 12,000 rupees besides that I think for me if I was a student of JNU and I have the means to pay I would be super pissed at the administration putting a curfew time of 11 o'clock this is also another condition that you have to be back in your hostels at 12 and these are PhD students some of them are 30 they also have a dress code or something and I was amazed to see uh, reporting on this from like the likes of Sudhir where they're like yeah students rat ke gyara gyara baje tak bahar rena chate hain I mean clearly they've had no fun in their college life yeah. <laughs> but not even fun college. maybe you're just doing a whole bunch of other stuff I mean right. I just so, find it and, and so this is one thing that really and I don't think anyone we have a lot of listeners who like are doing PhD programs and all that stuff mm. like that I don't think anywhere in the world you have such restrictive like gyara baje tak wapas aa jao it gets my goat <laughs> I mean, why the fuck should I come back at 11? Yeah, I'm at 2 morality. And also then there's this conversation about um, how are these students contributing? So there is this engineers contribute to the nation, but art students are somehow losers. And you know, you're doing social sciences or you're doing sociology. Or but I think that is, a, that, that is a view of just a very uh, slim a right. sliver of yeah. also, you know, the... Th- these dudes who are on Twitter frustrated yeah. engineers because there is enough literature out there and even if you read um, um, the much celebrated uh, Leonardo da Vinci's biography which has been written by that former editor of Time the guy who also wrote Steve Jobs bio- uh, biography um, and there is enough articles out there how actually learning the arts really widens your brain and even if you want to study science if you have learned the arts it actually makes you think hmm. of science in a way more uh, creative way uh, and Da Vinci was a fantastic example of that so I think the people who say that are generally yeah. in any case illiterate so uh, and of course the taxpayer thing that why should hmm. taxpayers pay when that really gets my goat keep yeah. taxpayers yeah. I mean the first and I think this just needs to be drummed into everyone of all the tax kitty that we have whatever we collect only 3% is personal income tax 70% to 80% of taxes are indirect taxes which everyone, even the poor man, even your laborers, your, Everybody you know, pays. everyone pays it. So you're not running the country. So I Shut think up. Two <laughs> things that I want to come in with and, uh, you know, Vrinda, if you could give your perspective. One thing that I would definitely talk about is which I think has got lost uh, is the police brutality. And I definitely want to underline here three, four weeks ago whenever they got bashed up by the lawyers, you know, who was standing and ITO had been blocked. And mm. those of you who are from Delhi, when the ITO crossing gets blocked, fucking Delhi's fucked. Yeah. They had no compunction of saying, oh, hum are, hum, are we not human being? Are we, why are we being beaten up? How quickly these fuckers forget, huh? Yeah. And now they're bloody beating these uh, students up who were on a peaceful protest. Mm. So, which is why I get a lot of pushback saying that you are uh, being unfair. I have no sympathy for the police. I have never had sympathy for the police. And it's unlikely anyone who has dealt with the police will have any sympathy for the police. Because when you get bashed up, the rules that apply to you, you forget. And it will be okay, we are all hypocrites in one sense. But when you have the power to make sure that doesn't happen, hmm. you don't exercise that power. That is one big problem I have. 
the second thing in this entire uh, controversy was of this tax that you know hum tax bhar rahe hain hum ye kar rahe hain and these poor students can afford to pay xyz i would like an informed study on a bpl is people who are just at subsistence level just cause you're above bpl doesn't mean you're rich yeah so a bpl cannot be the measure of getting subsidized fee those of you who don't know even people who get 2 and a half 3 lakh salary a month in the school i am from which is considered one of the best in the country provides bursary for people who are what would be considered very rich because the fee is a lot more than that and that comes from various bursaries and funds that have been put together so even the rich get that because just being our bpl doesn't mean you can afford gnu and secondly one of the um reasons that many economists recommend a universal basic income is the amount of money spent in auditing and deciding who falls within that category you end up spending more than just giving it to everybody so if one was to set up a mechanism that how will you determine whether this person deserves the bursary or not for thousands and thousands of children how much will you spend on that committee is that less than what you would save here my guess is no and there has been no informed discussion on this people are just pelowing their hate and venom yeah and okay i mean to be um, to just look at it from the administration point of view it's true that there hasn't been a hike for 19 years and 10 rupees is very less to pay i think if i sort of got admitted to the college i do think i should pay more than 10 rupees and there could be a case for okay you know this is the cut off and that you're a person who can afford it so you pay up so that you know you can sustain it for the rest of the students but then there are questions about that creating divisions within the student community where you know then you sort of mm. demarcate students who can pay don't pay and then there are sort of no also this one mindset about basically what he said about taxpayers and it, it's fine like the fee structure i mean i get like you know some can pay some cannot pay right but the whole comparison about how this money is being wasted on jnu is what is extremely problematic because like if you look at it some 2.54 crore worth of bad loans have been written off and that is also taxpayer money being spent taxpayer money is been spent in a lot of things but one of the major things we are spending it on is giving giving interest on uh, the debt that the government has that is the largest chunk of our budget right now now if you are looking at the money they are spending on education subsidy that's 2% yeah. of the overall budget right and if you look it's it's such a bizarre thing to just target this one tiny university which has like 3000 students and now people are giving shit opinions like oh we should move jnu out to a cheaper area and sell the land off to corporates to build malls so that that, that jnu can run for 50 years after that and this is by monica halal okay In who the is mint. the mint mint consulting editor so she says some it. of that land should be given off all of the land should be given off and where will jnu be then so they she said move it to a cheaper area which is far away from delhi if you well, want I to mean, like support it i mean as an economic argument it is not unsound this economic argument has been made for military cantonments because when military cantonments were set up they were on the outskirts of town now they're in the center all these airports uh, within the it, it is true city. for the railways Uh, but most of all it is true for uh places like the parliament house and latians mm. i think the amount of money you will make from there to shift them out to create a university is going to be well, a lot harder you quickly made it a heritage zone so uh, so it's i mean i'm not saying it's a bad argument but before we come to genu if we could do this to a lot of other places that will be a l- worth a lot more railway land and military land 
and i'd like to see anyone touch that military land the only time military land is touched is when a when a minister wanted a part of it for a swimming pool i remember 10 years ago this report had come and then of course there was a backlash anyway sorry no no the, i think it's very obvious that it's jnu that they are after there are hundreds yeah. of other universities but they want to finish jnu because they think that is the fountainhead of where all your radical rebellious left what they call leftist mm. commie maoist name it liberal comes you know that's where it's it's where it's created it's like this incubator of this kind of thought and so they have been after it since since they came and um, because i think they can't believe that they don't have a university like that for their kind of hindutva ideology and that is something that they are dying to create and they're not able to do you know to kind of break into the psyche how to kind of convert people towards them mm. so everything else fall, falls follows from that so you can say that is 10 rupees or 300 rupees or 1000 rupees there are hundreds of colleges which also give you that same kind of uh, you know concessions and subsidies so the subsidy argument doesn't work because look at your mps and your mlas i mean the kind of you know uh, mm, benefits, benefits they, they get. get from rail travel air travel houses allowances it runs into i remember doing the story Long, long ago in the Indian Express, about ten, fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago, and it was running into hundreds and thousands of crores. I mean, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't remember the figure. No, but you know, mm. uh, uh, this, um, my sister was reading a book on uh, Latians, uh, his writings. Many of these bungalows that these guys are living in, they were temporary. Yeah. Just like Article Three Seventy, Mr. Shah. Um, you know they were supposed to be just temporary accommodation for some there been several uh, blueprints that have come by ndmc and how to convert so it so they should so after it they served the purpose ki bhai isko aake rehna hai isko jo bhi unka angrez ruler tha isko aake rehna hai he said that after that it has to be removed and some of them should be converted to public place some of them should be converted to that that these guys won't touch just the re- there is no reason one person should be living in a house of 5 acres it's yeah. ridiculous but that is something that will not be touched and this is something that has been debated for forever but yet they will say ki college students ka ye band karo wo band karo anyway yes well they have bhu for their own where but, uh, but currently bhu has a very liberal stream as well no, of hindu no but one thing exactly what i'm saying i mean i i don't think that uh, hindutva sort of a university still exists but what i think is with right wing mentality all the isbs iims and iits are filled with like modi right wing supporters right just the thing is that they don't uh, really concern themselves with the things that the left concerns themselves with which is like the left is always uh, more i think more has more empathy towards the citizenry and you know They'll because be they've been taught activism and all iits yeah. won't they've been taught they've been taught to think that way but with like say iit iims etc they've not been taught to think that so they'll think about economy they'll think about jobs they'll think about more pay etc so they never have this sort of the public engagement yeah. is there so there's so, no so then uh, you know that's the thing like the, the reason why they haven't been able to create something like jnu is also because their supporter base which maybe looks at their ideology doesn't really care about the same issues that they care yeah, about the issues right? are different that's true I have this email from Aditya, which is fifteen hundred and seventy-two words. So, Aditya, wow. this mail will be published on our website. I will not be able to read the whole thing, but it's a very long mail, and he was very uh, dissatisfied with our discussion on JNU last week. 
So I will read the first paragraph and then just the. Did we? Abhinandan, just... why didn't you read this before so that we could make this more enriching? <laughs> No, I mean he. I mean he's actually got into real details. Obviously, he's done a lot of higher studies overseas. Um, so uh, he starts off with, "Dear NL team, I'm a regular listener of the Hafta and a huge fan. However, I feel that the discussion about JNU issue last week seemed half-baked and lacked nuance. For example, one of the panel members went on to say that luxury in these places uncalled for and makes others jealous." I think he's talking about Anand. Anand. As per the Indian Twitter RT and Hafta panelists, the primary reason for students being on campus in their 30s is to freeload on these amenities. I wish to offer a rebuttal to two common arguments and point out how this is symbolic of what ails Indian academia mm. and our relatively poor performance in global rankings. Headline is, then he's got chapters. What are you doing here in the non-permanent position in university in your mid-30s? Must be a freeloader. He goes on to explain that six years to do a PhD, three to five years to postdoc, that it's not you you cannot at 21 become this so mm. he's explained very nicely why it takes that long then second point what does genu or any indian research organization have to show for the funding they receive why should you waste taxpayer money if you cannot make it to even the top 100 then he goes on to say that what the budgets are you know it's like harvard and wiseman alone have a bigger budget than the entire Indian research budget. Mm. So the, uh, country's research budget is as much as Harvard's. Okay, Harvard. This is a fab uh, piece. Can we publish it as a piece? Yeah, we, yeah, mm. we'll publish this because as a piece. Great. So, and he explains very well. And he says, uh, and even the fact that you make it to the top 200 is a miracle. And among those, J, uh, JNU, IS, and IITs are the ones that make it often. Mm. So, considering how much you spend, it's doing a great job. And then he's gone on to say how these people actually populate other places that actually strive for excellence. And uh, finally, I'll read Aditya's last paragraph. I want to end this letter on a personal note. As someone who has pursued research for a decade in India at IITB and then a couple of postdoc years at Harvard, I can assure you it is not because we in India are overprivileged or lax that our rankings aren't high. The ground reality is precisely the opposite. For an average Indian researcher, he or she has to fight twice as hard to get the job done in India. If you're in the same queue for a long time before you have access to computing facilities, you start becoming less ambitious in your research objective. The same folk who pursue their PhD in India suddenly have a better publishing track record in their postdoc, despite most of the training have come from the PhD back home. I'm not even talking about other constraints in publishing, such as higher chance of paper getting reviewed if it's from an established lab in the Ivy Leagues versus a nascent group in India. In science, like in most other fields, the more prominent you become, the easier it is to succeed. Funds, publication, acceptance, etc. Also, the show, social norm of the right time for everything doesn't aid anyone to pursue higher education with a free mind. The Twitter and popular media narrative is thus garbage. And I expect News Laundry to offer a more nuanced take on this whole issue through their campus specials. Remember News Laundry being the only news media house to cover the fellowship hike protests in 2015. Keep up your excellent work. He has recommended a piece in Nature... India by the numbers. Srivastav Shri, Raghavan, Aditya. So thanks, Aditya. Um, always a pleasure to hear from you. I know you're a subscriber. I know who you are. And I will come and get you. And no. we can publish this as a piece. <laughs> no, but let's tell Aditya, we're actually going to be carrying out a very nuanced piece on this, uh, which I just read. Oh, you wrote it. <laughs> so, thank you. Uh, we will be carrying this as a piece yeah, with yeah, artwork and stuff. So yeah. it will be going to the desk and the entire 1,572 words will be carried. 
Thank you, Ditya, for and that. And also, I mean, since so many of our listeners are like uh, scientists or pursuing their studies in science, I would love to hear from them on their views on this arts versus science thing. Yeah, that should be nice. That should be very interesting. That should be. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Yeah. You know, Out like, of the many. How do these scientists or people pursuing sciences view the arts, or you know, they don't instead they of like. Sneer at it? No, normally. I don't think so. I don't think genuinely people who are pursuing science. The liberal arts have always been hit, no? No, I, I don't think someone who's actually doing science would do that. So, which is why I'm really interested in listening to our listeners because they're really like very mm. intelligent, and smart yeah. people mm. pursuing really intelligent, smart courses. <laughs> so, I'd like to close it already one hour, four minutes. Then. Two emails, I can't read all of them. The Tariq's email is 555 words. Tariq says, As Abhinandan was reading out one of the letters by subscribers as to why she loved News Laundry, I too realized that every word resonated my feelings. I want to thank you all for the wonderful work you're doing by keeping news and discussions sane in the insane world of media. The entire team brings a breath of fresh air which makes listening and reading news an educational experience and not feel of depression and hate-mongering. I was kind of sad to see Madhu leave and hope she still is a regular on the podcast. Yes, Madhu's traveling, but she'll be coming regularly and yeah. she'll still do interviews and reports. She just can't do the day-to-day duties of editor-in-chief. So, I think many of you are speculating that is it Alveda? No, it is Kabhi Alveda Nana Kenavi saying. She will not be doing the day-to-day duties of editor-in-chief, but she'll still be contributing in various ways. And uh, Tariq goes on to say, in the last couple of weeks, as the country saw Supreme Court deliver some important judgment on Babri and Sabrimala, I couldn't stop my feelings on the hypocrisy behind the judgment. And then he goes on to say that, you know, uh, that despite there being no judgment on Sabrimala, the referral to a bigger bench itself was indicative to how flawed, you know, the entire system has become. Personally, I have zero qualms about the Ayodhya verdict, but I take strong object to the manner in which they reached. So he, I guess, being a Muslim says, you know, give it to who you want. But how you come to that conclusion? And as Manisha pointed out, it was just inconsistent in what the judgment said hmm. they've based it on and what they actually yeah, yeah, yeah. based it on in the new sense I think yeah. they're going to review uh, there's going to be a review petition yes well, and it's going That's to drag rumor. this for the next two years I think uh, no but one of the parties uh, today said that it's a blot on history but we're not going to file any review petition there's a Muslim person yeah, but it's divided I think there's some people who want to uh, Tariq goes ends with saying I will always be vocal about l- letting matters of religious belief evolve gradually through everyone's conscience. Today, many of us have stopped religious practice as we find it stupid or totally illogical and someday when we will all stop these practices, we'll die naturally. It's also a fact that some of them will never die no matter how awful we might feel forcing a lot. Intervention will do more harm than good if you make religion illegal. And uh, another subscriber who doesn't want to be named just by the name of S says, don't read out my name. Congratulations on winning the Asia Podcast Award for both your podcasts. While you're in the process of fixing your tech, here are some suggestions. All your podcasts should begin and end with a mention of the date of recording and the date of uploading. That's a very good idea. We should start doing that. Many listeners may hear the podcast a few days later and they'll know when it was recorded, so what Mm. event happened. You did for episode 249, but it could be done for every podcast. All podcasts should be uploaded as a fixed schedule and not whenever you feel like it. Once upon a time, Hafta used to be made available on Saturday morning. Now, it's Saturday evening. I'm still waiting for it. Well, that's actually because we've started recording on Friday, bro. Uh, we used to record on Thursday earlier. Now, we record on Friday. And third, he says, while many listeners have told you what doesn't work on the web app, I must tell you what works. I log in to News Laundry website through a browser, scroll to Hafta article and click the link to hear it on SoundCloud. Works seamlessly and allows the SoundCloud app to remember where I left. So, yes, everyone should use that. Go, you know, log in through the web, through the website, through the browser, scroll to half the article, and then click it. Thanks, man. 
Thank you all. So before we close, Amit Shah said on the floor of the house that this national citizenship register will be conducted all over the country. Of course, Assam will be redone after spending some fifteen hundred crores on it because they're not happy with the results. Yeah, because a lot of Hindus are a part of it. No. So how are now, they going to do it? This so it's very it's interesting. Going to be an elaborate. Uh, no, but the process yeah. is so bizarre. No, like yeah. because uh, so the way so NRC really happened to update an already existing database. There was a legacy data, uh, which was the citizenship register, which was specifically for Assam, which was supposed to be updated, and that is what the Supreme Court has said. Now I don't understand how they're going to repl- replicate this throughout the country because what will you use as legacy data? Right. The only thing that comes to mind is Aadhaar, and Aadhaar is messed up. And even like in Kashmir, the uh, people like the law enforcement has accepted that they are not letting prepaid SIMs come into the market because it's easy to get a prepaid SIM using Aadhaar or but, fake ID. But no, also, but, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, uh, what are they going to? base it on i mean is it going to be are we going to be doing dna tests to find Partition? out where we where we come from where we originate so, what is it i mean you know huh. land uh property if you don't have property what do you do i mean it just doesn't and h- how do you do this and if you're a you know one of those people who lives near the which is the river that gets flooded in bihar every year the kosi the kosi which has so I, thousands of people have or lost all Asa, the all the paperwork that they have. Yeah. Uh, so then, what you, are you just going to be thrown in? I think what they're going to do. You think he's just saying it? No, no. I think, I think print has done a very good uh, edit mm. on this. It's to deflect because mm. the economy is so fucked. Yeah. I mean, even for all their stupidity, even they have the brains to know that this is not viable. It's not it's possible. possible. No, I think it is, and I I I, mm. I can actually disagree with you where you say it's a deflection because mm. I think what they're going to do now mm. is use the census. You mm. do realize we're in 2019, 2020 is when the next census is supposed to be mm. done, and what they are also simultaneously trying to do is digitize the whole census process, like they did in the US as well. And I think that is what they're going to use as legacy data, but that also means. That when people come to take your census, they're going to check your papers, but like IDs, papers, yeah, whatever. If you don't have it, what happens? But I mean, mm. essentially, mm. that's what my question mm. is: that what legacy data mm. are you going to use? And the only thing that uh, comes there is to no mind, such thing. I think it is a yeah. completely new database. Yeah. There's yeah. something they are not going to right create here. a database. I just think it'll make our country more unsafe if you're going to have like you know that that um, in uh, West Bengal or Assam they had set up this which could be house three thousand people. So if you're going to round up people who you believe are not Indian and throw them into these camps all over the country, that means all over the countries there will be these breeding grounds Huge with camps. thousands of people inside, with children who will grow up there who are born there. There's like this dystopian films that you see. There are little enclaves of people who are non-citizens but not citizens, don't have the rights, and they just are outcasts. They have to live in that place, and the kind of resentment and anger and potential, you know, militancy that will come out of there. It will just But serve there to fuel a, their timber. In a BJP supporter's head, you just described JNU. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, I have a couple of announcements. If you're listening to this podcast uh, on any platform other than News Laundry, do remember to leave a comment or give it a favorable review or a high rating. It helps other people find us, and when more people find us and more people listen to us, there is a possibility of them becoming subscribers. While many of you think that. 
it's not worth paying for news many of you think that you'd rather you know get drunk and vomit and not pay for news mm. uh, and you think that it's okay to pay 10000 bucks for a dinner but not 1000 rupees for news it's fine i respect that decision i think it's wonderful that you think that way but there may be others who don't so if you spread the word they may want to subscribe and pay to keep news free because without that news will die so rate our podcast wherever you are on castbox stitcher um iTunes or whatever podcast platform you do choose to tell others about it i'd like to also remind you that there is a new nlsena project on the tsrtc employee strike in telangana 48000 people have been fired there are lots of stories to be done from there it is a a humanitarian i mean crisis at one level of so many families not having a breadwinner but also governance failure we're going to be sending our crack reporter there we need you guys to support that project go to newslaundry.com click on nl sena and see what phenomenal ground reports we'll get out of there and uh, do send us your feedback on contact@newslaundry.com i repeat contact@newslaundry.com write to us tell us why um, you subscribe tell us what we should change and most of all share your views on why you agree or disagree with us feel free to disagree we want there to be disagreements cause better ideas emerge now let's go around and figure out our recommendations for the week prinda want you go first mm, i was thinking of uh, this docu i think or no movie on netflix called mm. the laundrette okay. with meryl streep it's about the panama papers and how the uh, i think with this whole electoral bonds maybe it'll help people to maybe see it and you know get a f- Fig on what's I've going on. Yeah. La- Laundromat is wonderful. Laundromat, sorry. And they've done it in that uh, big short style of yeah. uh, cinema, so it's very nice. Yeah, oh. we reviewed an awful and awesome, but I yeah, it's it. it's interesting. The oh, last scene, and they have a fantastic. That's a different podcast, not this one. But it has a fantastic cast. They have like everybody in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that last scene, I won't spoil it, is just mind blowing. That mm. one cut of just one camera and going through five minutes mm. of. Huh, what is your recommendation? Uh my rec- I have two recommendations. So do you guys read any self-help books? <laughs> no. Or uh, do you will you judge me if I recommend a self-help never. book? And uh, you will never judge me. <laughs> okay. So I've been reading Everything is Fucked. Uh, yeah, which is by uh, Mark Manson so th- his first book was uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck uh, i really like the book for one simple reason is because uh, all self-help books sort of tell you what you lack Hmm. and then you tell they tell you how to get it basically happiness money whatever this guy is telling you to get hope right you know why are you so hopeless and why aren't you going after hope right and basically he is just pointing out how you have to choose your battles and how you struggle with so many battles at the same time because of social media etc you just have to focus yourself on one thing that matters and it's really written well and it's a nihilistic sort of self help book so i kind But of do self help books help I like reading them because this, this guy has done actually, a lot of research yeah. on it. So it not only is he like trying uh, trying to tell give some advice, but he has some solid research about how our brain works, why why it behaves in a certain way, why we are so addicted to internet, social media, why do we care about these issues so much? So it's more of a convincing sort of I process. See. Mark Manson uh, is uh, actually quite So you have another recommendation. Yeah, and one more recommendation is a podcast uh, is Sam Harris podcast. Uh, it's called Making Sense and he has done a very 
interesting uh, episode on anti-Semitism and its discontents. So I, I wouldn't say much about it, but just go and listen to it. I generally like this podcast because uh, Sam Harris is one true centrist who basically I want to listen to again and again. And he gets a lot of flack for it because he mm-hmm. doesn't take any sides. But he also brings out so many more perspectives which are usually not mainstream. Hmm. While Manisha decides hers, I have two recommendations. One is the closing monologue of Bill Ma on real time. It was his last show of the year and of the season. I think it was brilliant. I know many people don't like him, liberals as well as conservatives, but I think he is really a brilliant man. And not only does he say stuff that often I don't disagree, uh, often I don't agree with, but he says stuff that others only have the guts to think and not say. But his latest of the problem with the polarization of debate that everybody has to finish the other person is so flawed. Uh, basically, what he says is that even if the Democrats win this time, it's not like all the Republicans will vanish from the country. You'll still live together. He says, I've seen people de- de- describe democracy in a lot of ways. You know, some say democracy is where the price of dissent is low. Democracy is where the rulers are amongst ourselves. I don't like the word rulers, but people describe it like that. I don't like to administrators. He says democracy is a place where you have to share your countries with people who you hate. Th- and that is a, <laughs> such a fantastic... D- you got to share your country with people who you think are complete dicks. So, and he says, I'm also guilty of it. But... Trying to win an argument doesn't mean you have to finish or own or crush the other person because that's not going to happen. We are all... Try to convert. He says even if you don't try to convert, but understand we are here together forever. And then how you approach Mm. a thing. I think it's... Of course, I do a terrible job. He articulates it beautifully. And the second story, I think it's a very important one. And I guess it won't be considered very big because it is just a, a city story and not an electoral story is the story on uh, Aro. Aro. I think it shows a huge problem of this whole conflict of interest that the people who are manufacturing a product that will benefit if Delhi water is declared unsafe are sitting on that committee. It's a fantastic metaphor for news. The people whose actions could be detrimental to the public will determine what the public is going to listen to. And I think it's a fantastic example why the public should pay to keep news free. And I, what would be interesting to see after this, and we'll keep a track of this, is based on this committee report, how much media coverage it gets that the Delhi water is unsafe, which will actually benefit them to sell their product. Exactly, right? yeah. That the whole cycle will be then complete. Yeah. No, absolutely. And this is true. This is a this is an epidemic in most of these studies where you see most of studies on air or water or sometimes even food is being sponsored by a lobby that's trying to build a product around it. So mm. you create a problem pharma. and then you pharma, of course, famously. Uh, so, yeah, I read that story. I finally got down to watching the Frontline documentary on Durette's drug war. I think it's a very engaging um, watch. And after that, you should watch uh, Maria Reza's... Um, intervention at the media rumble to just know what she's up against again because hmm. after watching that I was like oh wow that yeah. really requires some guts to be doing what she's doing thanks so much for coming always a pleasure thank you thank you that was my first time <laughs> okay fine hopefully next time you'll talk more because these two don't let anybody get a word in. wow <laughs> thank you Meghna thank you Manisha thanks thank you listeners for your love and support spread the word tell others about newslaundry.com come to our website and see what independent media can do in a small way 
imagine what we could do if all of you were part of our subscribers not a small way i think it's big like this yeah. week we've put out stories um, that quite, really quite like, good stories i mean the electoral bond story itna bhi mat aitho electoral bond story if you read if you're hindi readers you definitely read it and meghnaz also doing an interview with nitin which will be out tonight tonight yeah so you'll be able to uh, watch and understand if you don't read hindi then you can understand how big these stories are and I has that got a lot of traction the yes, hindi yeah, fabulous and one more thing uh, i would like to tell the listeners is we are doing nl prime time every tuesday yes. so it would be lovely if you can actually join in in watching yeah. us as well yeah, hashtag nl prime time watch yeah. and comment and we we'll if you don't want to join in uh, you can read our tweets but if you are you don't really want to see what we put ourselves through yeah, and why you need in. to subscribe yeah, join in. you need to join you need to watch the news and tweet about it so i'll leave you with this week's song is dedicated to manisha laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please